My name is Terry Swan. If we haven't had an opportunity to meet, I'm the senior pastor here, and I'm just so blessed to be with you this morning. Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I ask that you touch my lips, my tongue, my mouth, my voice, but especially my heart, oh God. May the meditations of my heart and words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Get me out of the way, oh God, so that you, so that you can reign. In Jesus' name, my Savior, amen. Well, today we kick off this two-part series uh, entitled Letters from Prison, and we're going to be looking at some of the letters from uh, the Apostle Paul, two in particular. Uh, do, does anyone else besides me get those little brief letters in the middle of the Bible kind of mixed up in order? You know, I'm always trying to think, is it Galatians first? Yeah, I'm trying to always get them in order. Dr. Kerr, when he was here, he always taught the confirmands this little trick. He said, if you're a guy, say guy. If you're a girl, say gal or girl. And gals eat popcorn. Gals eat popcorn. Guys eat popcorn. And that I do it all the time. When I'm looking for those brief little letters in the middle, I'm going to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, because I'm going through the popcorn kind of mantra in my mind. It kind of helps you keep them straight. We're going to talk particularly about Colossians today. Um, and you know that Paul wrote a letter because he always had a greeting to the church that he was writing the letter to. And uh, it kind of went always a little bit like this. To the holy and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in whatever church he was addressing the letter to, this one, Colossae, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Now, theologians all over the place have tried to dispute, oh, well, you know, maybe this was written for Paul or, you know, we know that this one was written by Paul. And... Um, there was always this greeting, grace and peace to you from God our Father. And then Paul would kind of set up the theme for the letter, why he was writing. And we can hear that later on down, not, not long after uh, the greeting in chapter 1, verse 23. But you need to remain well established and rooted in faith and not shift away from the hope given in the good news. He, he sets it up right there. But you need to remain well-established and rooted in faith and not shift away from the hope given in the good news that you heard. This message has been preached throughout all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, became a servant of this good news. And so he, he establishes the theme. We know right away that Paul is reminding them to be well-established and rooted in their faith. Now, you guys have heard me talk about the Ohio River from time to time. It's kind of my little oasis. We go down the Ohio River and, and hang out, and, and um, it's a beautiful area. Well, I, uh, the river is up over 50 feet right now. And uh, so we had to move everything out to high ground because all of the camp was going to be uh, submerged in water. Let's go to the, uh, the one where it's submerged in water. That's what it looks like now. It was so beautiful and green there. I gave you that picture of what, why I like to go, right? And um, now it's kind of submerged in water, and our little shacks, what we call them, 
are, are filled now with water. And so, um, you know, the river has its moments. It has its moments of high water, and then it has its moments of low water, too. We've seen seasons in which the river has been so low that the trees are almost screaming for a drink. And, and so this one tree, one year, I, I took a picture of it because it just struck me so much. The river was so low that year, you can see how far down the water was. And this tree seems to be standing on its tiptoes, right? Standing on its tiptoes, but it's so green and beautiful and tall. And you're thinking, what is keeping it standing, right? The roots look like they're all exposed right there in front of us. And we think, how in the world could that tree be standing? And you know, you just know that there are further, further roots down deep, right? There has to be further roots down deep in order for this tree to stand tall and beautiful. Roots are important. That's what Paul's talking about. Roots are important in order to stand tall in your faith. Uh, Paul's ministry takes place within about a three-decade span. He is converted to Christianity around 33, A.D. 33. We remember that story, right? He's on the road to Damascus. He is blinded. He's blinded, and he hears this voice, Saul, Saul. This is before he changed his name. He's a new creation in Paul. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he's blinded, and he's blinded for three days, and he's nursed back to health. His sight is restored, and he receives communion, and he is a new creation, a new person in Christ. And so this decades, these three decades go further before his execution in Rome in A.D. 64. But in that meantime, he is a missionary, He's on fire for Christ. He's wanting to share the good news of Jesus Christ with anyone and everyone that he can. And he travels all over Asia Minor and Greece. Now, being on the road as, he, as much as he was, he communicated to these churches that he established along the way by letters. And we know that there are 13 letters that are considered authored by the Apostle Paul, making most of the New Testament written by Paul. And uh, these letters were then read to small house churches. They would be circulated from place to place, and they would be read in these house churches, these gatherings, as a part of worship. Now, when Paul shared the gospel, he contended with opposition everywhere he went on these missionary journeys. Uh, local Jewish groups, civic officials. Uh, there was also factions of Jewish Christian zealots who wanted the Gentile converts to, to revert back to the law of Judaism. And so being at the odds with all of these groups, this landed him in prison a few times. In fact, two or three times he landed in prison. And scholars think that maybe the, the letter that he writes to Colossae is written from his first imprisonment in Ephesus. And in this letter, Paul reminds the people of Colossae, the Colossians church, and us as we read it today, that there are so many competing teachings out in the world that we have to remember to be rooted in our faith. We have to be rooted in that faith 
in order to live this life of love. And he's reminding them of this. He explains to them that they're no longer prisoners to sin. Now, you hear that? He's where? He's in jail, a prisoner, right? And he's telling them they no longer have to be prisoners. They no longer have to be prisoners in sin. And he offers hope in these words to the letter, in the letter. And these words of hope are then read over and over to people all over the world. Now, if I had to describe Paul, I would describe him like that tree on the side of the river, right? Everything washed away around him, but his roots are so deep that he's going to stand tall and he's going to stand proud, even if he has to stand on his tippy toes to share the good news of Jesus Christ, because he is rooted deep in a faith, a faith that changed him. His love of Christ never faltered. From the moment that he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, because he remembered his life before. He remembered his life of darkness and, and fear and guilt and trying to live by every letter of the law that he never could accomplish it. And his life after, his life after had been dramatically changed. He then lived in this grace of Jesus Christ. This assurance of his salvation. And his main purpose in life now was to share that light of Christ with others. So he writes to the church. He's writing as if he is an elder concerned for a group of young Christians. And he's encouraging them. He writes, so live in Christ Jesus the Lord in the same way as you received him. Be rooted and built up in him. Be established in faith and overflow with thanksgiving just as you were taught. He established a lot of these churches. And so he's saying, be rooted and built up in him and be established in faith and overflow with the, this giving of thanks that you were taught. Remember who you were and who you've become. He said, see to it that nobody enslaves you with philosophy and foolish deception which conform to human traditions and the way the world thinks and acts rather than Christ. All the fullness of deity lives in Christ's body. And we talked last week about whose Christ's body is, right? Christ's body is the community of faith. And he says the fullness of Christ's deity lives in the body of Christ. And you have been filled by him who is the head of every ruler and authority. Remember who's the boss, he says. You were circumcised by him. This wasn't performed by human hands. The whole body was removed through this circumcision by Christ. You were buried with him through baptism and raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead... Because of the things you had done wrong and because your body wasn't circumcised, God made you alive with Christ and forgave all the things you had done wrong. He's talking about a circumcision of the heart. He's talking about a changing of the heart. He destroyed the record of the debt we owed with its requirements that worked against us and he canceled it by nailing it to the cross. 
being new to the faith, Paul knew that these Colossians would need to be rooted deep in their faith if they were going to live it out, if they were going to live out this life of love. But he knew that their grounding, their rooting needed to be on the power and the purpose of the cross. He comes back to it over and over again of what Christ did for us on the cross. He reminds the Colossians that they have been given new life through this act of sacrifice, a loving act, a giving of self that Christ does on our behalf. And he tells us that our true freedom is in Christ. That true freedom comes through the waters of baptism and the Holy Spirit moving in us and making us new creations. He re- we go back to Galatians. Remember, guys, eat popcorn. That's further up in the New Testament. Galatians chapter 3, it says, You are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. You're all God's children in faith in Christ Jesus. All of you were baptized into Christ and, and have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free nor male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. You belong to Christ because Christ paid it all for you on the cross. Freedom and hope can still be found even when we feel trapped. Trapped by the world, trapped by things that we feel we cannot escape from. Because our freedom is not held in those things. It's held in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's where we find our hope. Nelson Mandela spent a number of years in prison, too many, and uh, he wrote a letter to his wife, and in that letter he penned these words, Remember that hope is a powerful weapon even when all else is lost. Remember that hope is a powerful weapon even when all is lost. You know, I don't know about you, but I I see people in prisons every day. And I'm not talking about the prisons that have iron bars in front of you. I'm talking about the prisons of fear, of addiction, fears of guilt, prisons of um, depression. We battle a lot of things that imprison us, right? And Paul is saying to us that you can be free from that, that there is power in hope. And that hope comes from Jesus Christ. Even when we feel trapped in physical pain or grief or depression, Paul reminds us that the real captors are those that get caught up in that. They get caught up in false teaching or they get caught up in what's going on within themselves and they can't see beyond. That's where the real prison is because freedom comes from Christ. It's the power and the purpose of the cross. We are made new. We've been set free. I love how the message translates Verse 14, message is a paraphrase in everyday language, and and it says, when you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. 
God brought you alive right along with Christ. He said, think of it. All sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean, that old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. That's the power of Jesus Christ. That's the power of the cross. Last, uh, most of you probably know there's a general conference going on in St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis paper has plastered it on the, on the front page, and there's been reporters and that kind of thing. We had a prayer service on Friday night where we gathered to pray for the delegates of our denomination, and, and uh, we gathered to um, pray for one another. And, and uh, there's a song that has been in my mind and my heart from the moment that General Conference started. And that's come to the altar. I think the band's played it a number of times. It's one of my favorite songs. And, and the words are, oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You're his. Freedom can be found in Christ. And when we live in that freedom, we can live in that hope. We can live in the hope of, of a new tomorrow, a different life. We can live in the peace and compassion that is promised to us. In fact, <clears throat> Paul talks about that. He says, in all circumstances, with this kind of hope, live this way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Live it. And when you're grounded and rooted in that kind of love and hope, you can respond differently. Westboro Baptist Church showed up down at the Dome. And I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed. Because this group spews hate, right? Gives Christianity such a bad name. And my clergy friend Jody uh, walked by the protesters from Westboro <clears throat> and looked at him and said, Jesus loves you. That's roots, my friend. That's deep roots. The roots that will carry you through and allow you to stand tall in the face of evil being thrown at you, insults being thrown at you. No matter the circumstance, no matter if the flood waters are high or we find ourselves roots exposed, straining to stand tall, God's love and God's compassion are there. God's love and compassion are our roots. Paul says, therefore, as God's choice, holy and love, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other, and if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, and so also forgive each other. 
and over all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The peace of Christ will control your hearts, a peace into which you were called in one body, and be thankful people. Now, I have no idea what's going to happen from General Conference in the next few days. But I know one thing. God is going to reign. We're still going to be a church. We're still going to be sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? We're going to put on compassion and love and kindness because that's our call. No matter what. Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and Jesus Christ reigns. Will you join me in that? Let's pray. Invite the band up forward. Holy God, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, we know that you, you are right there with us. Help us to dig deep into the roots of your love. Help us to remember that you gave it all for us on that cross. That sure, we're going to make mistakes along the way, but you gave us grace. Help us to extend that grace to others. Help us to be your light in the world around us. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.